Welcome to the Community of Hope Church podcast. Our church exists to interest disinterested people in Jesus Christ and then grow together into fully devoted followers of Him. So wherever you are, we hope you find this message helpful, practical, and applicable to your life. God bless. All right, well, good morning again, Community of Hope. Hope everyone is doing great today. We've had a great service so far. If you're new here with us, I'm Trevor. I'm one of the pastors here at Of Church. Welcome to everybody online or here in person. If you're here visiting with a family member, uh, maybe you're from out of town. If you're streaming online, maybe you're new. Welcome. We're glad that you are here today. And uh, today is All In Weekend. And this is where we've already mentioned this at the top end of service. This is where we welcome all of our K through fifth grade kids who are normally Kids of Hope. Let's give a loud welcome to our kids. We are super glad you're here. We do all-in weekends about four to five times a year. First off, because we believe as a church to the core of our being that important big things happen when families learn to worship together, when families of all kinds come together in God's presence to sing, to pray, to hear God's word together, that God shows up in the middle of that, and we believe that's super important. Also, we do this a couple times a year to give our amazing Kids of Hope volunteers a breather and to give them a break. They're some of the most important disciple makers of Jesus in our church, and we are so grateful for them. So can we give a hand to our Kids of Hope volunteer team? Thank you, team. So want to say happy Thanksgiving to everybody. Hope you had a great week here. Hope you had uh, you ate more than you possibly could and that you had delicious food. Happy Thanksgiving to everybody here. Now, here's what I want everyone to do. I don't do this every week. I did it last week. I'm going to do it this week, but I don't do it every week. I want you to turn to your neighbor, whether you're here in person or online. I want you to turn to your neighbor, whoever you're sitting next to, and I want you to tell them the most delicious thing you ate last week during Thanksgiving break. Go ahead and do that now. And if you're alone, put it in the comments in the chat. The most delicious thing, the most delicious thing. Turkey, pumpkin pie, stuffing, casserole. Very good. Very good. Okay, bring it back, bring it back, bring it back. Very good. Now, I know that a lot of people, I know a lot of people during their Thanksgiving meals that they have, uh, some families have very special recipes. In fact, some of your family recipes might include a secret ingredient in it that is unique just to your family to really push something over the top. Uh, For me, I want to tell you the most delicious thing I ate last week. And it wasn't actually on Thursday for Thanksgiving. It was actually on Tuesday night. Now, my mom is an incredible cook, and we had an unbelievable Thanksgiving meal. But the best thing I ate all last week was spaghetti my dad made on Tuesday night. I know. Happy Thanksgiving, right? Where's my Italians at? Uh, yeah, okay, great. All right. I'm Scottish. I'm a visitor. Okay. And um, my dad made the best tasting spaghetti I've ever had in my entire life. It had Italian sausage in it and a sweet tomato basil sauce. I mean, it was unreal. I ate two plates of it. If there was more, I would have eaten three plates of it. I was shoveling it down. I'm like, Dad, 
what did you do in this sauce? This pasta this is the best spaghetti I have ever had in my entire life. And he told me what he did with the sausage and what he did with the sauce and how he let it all just simmer together in the saucepan. And then he told me the secret ingredient he added that really pushed the sauce over the top. My dad told me he added a piece of chocolate to the sauce. <gasps> the scandal, I know. Now, for some people go, ew, chocolate spaghetti. It wasn't chocolate spaghetti. That is gross, unless you're Buddy the Elf. But <clears throat> he, um, uh, what it does with a little bit of chocolate, in fact, he used a little piece of fudge that he made, a little bit of chocolate. When you have a red sauce, what it does is it balances out the acidity nature of the sauce and just makes it creamy and delicious. You don't taste any of the chocolate in it, and it puts it completely over the top. The best sauce I've ever had in my entire life in the secret ingredient was chocolate. Now, it is all-in weekend, and it would not be an all-in weekend with Pastor Trevor if I did not pass out some chocolate to some kids, right? Yeah. Okay, now, I made the mistake last year of, I made the mistake last year of, I had candy cane M&Ms, and I threw them to kids. I'm pretty sure I hit somebody's grandpa in the face. Yeah, I know. It was your dad. I'm really sorry. Sorry, Tally. Sorry, Matt. Yeah, yeah, it was my dad. Yeah, I know. I know. So instead, we're going to pass him out here. My, my son and my daughter, Kate and Tessa, are in the front, and I'm going to come to the front, too, with a basket. And if you're a kid and you want a piece of chocolate, you have to be a kid, everybody, right here. Come to the front and come get a piece of chocolate right now. Come on. Come on. Come get a piece of chocolate. Come on, kids. Come on. Everybody gets one. Everybody gets one. Everybody gets one. Just one. Just take it and go. Take it and go. Come on over here. Come on, come on, come on. Everybody gets one. Just one. Cade, you already had one. <laughs> there you go. Grab one. Grab a piece of chocolate. There you go. Awesome. Come on over here, guys. Come on over here. Come on over here if you haven't got one. Let's go. Give Pastor Trevor a high five. Come on. Give me. Come on. It's okay. Here you go. Boom. Give me a high five. Here you go. Did you get one? Go ahead, Give me a high five. Let's go. Awesome. There you go, there you go. Did everyone get one? There you go, come on. Good job, good job. Come on. Come on, come on, there you go. Let's go. You count, man, come on, let's go. There it is. Nice shirt, by the way. All right, great. Awesome. Every kid got one? Great. Sounds good. A little bit of chocolate for everybody. Parents, I'm acting like a grandparent today. I'm giving your kid chocolate and I'm sending them home afterward. Sorry about that. All right, so I want to talk to everybody today about a secret ingredient to having a relationship with God. A secret ingredient to having a relationship with God. And what we're going to do is we're going to read from a psalm in the Bible, which is a prayer. It's from Psalm 100, and I'm going to need everyone's help. Now, grown-ups, I'm just letting you know right now, I'm preaching to the kids in the room. Y'all are along for the ride, okay? So we, I need help with this. Now, kids, there are five words that are going to show up in this psalm. We're going to put them up on the screen here. And whenever the rest of the sermon today, I say one of these five words, I need you to help me with the sound. So when I read the word shout, I want you to go, shout. And when I say the word sheep, I want you to go, ah. And when I say gates, I want you to go, knock, knock. And when I, wait, just wait, just wait, just wait. When I say praise, I want you to go, yay. You got to do the hands and everything. And then when I say forever, I want you to go forever. Just like that from the sandlot. Okay, so let's practice. Shout. Grown-ups too, y'all. Let's go. Come on. Shout. 
There it is. Sheep. <laughs> Good job. This is going to be fun. Gates. Praise. There you go. You got to use praise hands. Good. Forever. You nailed it. Now we're ready. If you are able, would you please stand? And we're going to read Psalm 100 from the Bible. So I'm going to read this. And whenever you, see, whenever you see one of the five words, I need your help with reading this, okay? So this is Psalm 100. It says this. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us, and we are his. We are his people, the sheep. You got to wait till I say it now. Some of you prematurely buying. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good, and his love endures forever. His faith. I almost missed it. Good job. And his faithfulness continues through all generations. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Yeah. Okay, let's pray. Let's pray. Let's pray. Jesus, you loved kids. And you taught that you hid the secrets of your kingdom from wise, educated, and learned grown-ups. But you reveal them to little children. And so we endeavor for all of us to come before you now as children. Would you open our eyes and open our ears and open our hearts to hear you today? In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Amen. All right, let's talk about the background to Psalm 100. This is an important psalm. Psalms are just prayers in the Bible. Now, Psalms, uh, Psalm 93 through 100 are called the coronation psalms, where the ancient people of Israel were telling God that he was their king. And when it says, enter his gates, there you go, and come into his courts with praise, they're talking about the ancient temple. Here's a picture of what it looked like back in the day before it was destroyed. So this is where they would enter into. These are the courts they would go. This is where they would go to worship God. And when they, they're saying, when we're literally walking into the temple, we want to have thanks on our lips. We want to be worshiping God as we walk in the door. Now, this is a great psalm, and it's super important for us today. Because in the last verse of verse 5, it says this here. For the Lord is good, and his love endures forever. Nailed it. And his faithfulness continues through all generations. And for an all-in weekend, this is the perfect psalm for us to learn from together today. Because God's faithfulness is not just for one generation or another. For all generations, God is here to be present with us today. Amen? Amen. Amen. If you rewind one verse to verse 4, it says, Enter his gates with thanksgiving. If you're taking notes, underline these words, with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. If you're underlining, underline thanksgiving and underline give thanks to him. In America, we think thanksgiving is a holiday. 
We think it comes on the fourth week of November. And our, generally in North America, we've been doing this for about 400 years. It started with the pilgrims. And as you know, our cultural urban legend has it with pilgrims and Native Americans having a feast together, Thanksgiving. And we only do it once a year. But for the ancient people of Israel, this is not a holiday. Go back to the picture of the temple, if you don't mind. Nobody walked into this with a turkey. Nobody walked in with cranberry sauce and stuffing and mashed potatoes. And by the way, cranberry sauce in my family is the one that comes out of a can with the ridges on it still that you have to slice. That is high class Thanksgiving, everybody. But nobody did that because Thanksgiving was not a holiday. It was a posture of the human heart. It's a posture of the heart. Did you know that in Hebrew, there are more words for having a joyful celebration in God's presence, really words about giving thanks to God. There are more words in Hebrew for that than any other language. In Hebrew, it has 13 root words and 27 words using those roots to talk about how to give thanks to God. It's a deeply grateful, joyful language that we can learn a lot from. So here's the one thing I want all of you to know today. If you're taking notes on anything, this is the one thing you need to know. And it's this right here. The gratitude is the secret ingredient to God's presence. Gratitude is the secret ingredient to God's presence. If you want more of God in your life, if you want to experience that God is real, and that God is who the Bible says that he is. If you want more of him in your life, and maybe you're somebody here where you're on the fringe, you're exploring Christianity, maybe you're here as a relative of somebody else, you're not totally bought into this stuff. Let me tell you today that um, have, experiencing more of God in your life is a wonderful gift I hope to convince you of by the end of the message today. And if you want to find out if God is real or not, learn how to express gratitude. And if you are already a follower of Jesus, like our boy Dalton was earlier today, when he talked about proclaiming his faith, if you want to experience more of Jesus like this young man in our churches, you need to learn how to practice gratitude with God. It's a secret ingredient. Let me show you. It's not just in the Old Testament. It's also in the New Testament as well. If you go to Philippians chapter 4, this is one of my favorite passages in all of Scripture. It says, rejoice in the Lord always. Wait, like Always rejoice in God or only when times are good? No, always. And then Paul goes on to say, I will say it again, as in like, did you not hear the words that are coming out of my mouth? I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything. Wow, what a tough verse. What do you mean don't be anxious about anything? Have you gone outside in 2023, God? Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, every situation. I looked up the Greek for the word every right there, and it means every. <laughs> every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And here's one of the best promises in all of the Bible. And if you're new to faith or exploring faith, this is one of the preeminent reasons why you might want to consider becoming a follower of Jesus is this promise in the very next line right here. And the peace of God. God is real and God has a peace that's stronger than your anxiety. The peace of God, which transcends all understanding, which means the peace of God, which will blow your mind if you experience it. 
will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. It will help you with this, it will help you with this, and you experientially know the peace of God. Oh, it's so good. It's one of my favorite reasons for being a follower of Jesus. Now, people read these verses, and they'll write, well, okay, in every situation, by prayer and petition, I'm giving my, 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 my request to God. And so they pray, and 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 they don't feel any better, and they want to know what gives, what's wrong. You're forgetting the secret ingredient. Go back. And it says, uh, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, here it is, with thanksgiving. If you learn to sprinkle this into your spiritual life and learn to practice this in your relationship with God, it's the secret ingredient for you having more joy, more peace, and experiencing more of the wonderful, life-giving presence of God in your life. Y'all, gratitude is a secret ingredient to God's presence. Uh, A famous theologian, a British theologian named G.K. Chesterton once said this. He said, I would maintain that thanks are the highest form of thought, and check this out, and that gratitude is happiness doubled by wonder. You want to experience happiness doubled by wonder? Learn how to be grateful. It's the secret ingredient to having a relationship with God. It's experiencing the life that you really want. Everyone wants peace. Everyone wants happiness doubled by wonder. Everyone wants joy. This is the key to it, is learning how to practice gratitude. Okay, so how do you go about doing this? How does somebody practice gratitude? Well, that's kind of hard. If you're not used to that, it's like, does like God take thank you notes? I mean, like, what, what do you do? And the prayer is hard enough for people anyway, especially if you're new to it, because people feel kind of awkward, like I'm talking to God. I don't know how to do this. Where do I start? Thank you, God, for air, and thank you, God, for my shoes, and thank you, God, for lamp. I love lamp. I mean, you know, I don't know. Thanks for the two people who snickered who got that joke. I saw you. The people don't know where to start. Let me show you how to start practicing gratitude with God. I want to give you some handles on this for how to do this in a tangible way in your life. So if you're taking notes, write this down. The first step, we're, kind of, we're going to work sequentially here. The first step to know how to practice gratitude with God is one, learn how to thank God for who he is. You start with the character, with the heart of God. And this is what Psalm 100 does for us. So let's go back. Psalm 100 verse 3 says, know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us, and we are his. We are his people, the sheep. I'm keeping you on your toes. Come on now. We are the sheep of his pasture. And so this is what they're saying right away. Like We are here to worship God because he created us, because he is like a shepherd to us. He's our leader, our caretaker, He's the one over all. And it goes to verse five. We're kind of skipping all over here. And then it goes, for the Lord is good. That God's heart is good. So if you want to start practicing gratitude, it looks like this. You would say, God, I want to thank you today for making me. And I want to thank you today for being a shepherd to me, being a good one who leads me and guides me and provides for me. And I want to thank you that you're good. For those of you who might be newer to the Bible and you're, 
how do I thank God for who he is if I'm not fully aware of who he is? Start reading the Bible. Start in the Gospel of John. That's a great place to start. And if, um, if you're a TV fan, start watching the show called The Chosen. Raise your hands if you've seen The Chosen. Is it good or what? It's so great. It's the first ever episodic TV series about the life of Jesus, and they nail Jesus in this TV show. They nail it. It's on Netflix. It's on the COH app. It's free. You can find it online. It's all free if you can find it online. Go take a look at it. And if you watch Jesus in this show, it not only is inspired by the Bible, it takes its inspiration from that, but you'll see his heart and action of how he loved children, of how he was kind and gentle. So you could start with Jesus, I thank you that you are so nice And I thank you that you are so gentle. And I thank you that you're a friend of broken, messy people, just like me. Say thank you, Tim, for who he is. You start there. You guys ready to level up? All right, so that's where you start. Here's the next level up. You thank God for what he has done. So not just who he is, but what he's done in the past. Now, this could be a little overwhelming when you think about all that God has done in the past of creating the universe and the cosmos, creating the world, leading people out of Egypt, dying on the cross for our sins in Jesus Christ, rising from the dead for our life and for eternal life. There's a lot. But if you narrow it down, let me tell you one thing to start with for how to thank God for what he has done. Start with answered prayers. Start with answered prayers. Because this is one of the most forgotten things that God, I think, wishes people would say thank you for. There's a story in the Gospel of Luke where Jesus heals 10 people with a terrible disease called leprosy. Now, uh, we have medicine for this today. Nobody dies of leprosy anymore, or at least they don't have to, because of major medical breakthroughs. Praise God for medical breakthroughs like that. But in this day, if you got leprosy, your life was over and you were dead. 10 of them saw Jesus, said, Jesus, save us, heal us. And the scripture says that Jesus had pity on them and with a wave of his hand said, go show yourself to the priest. That wasn't him blowing him off. That was with a wave of his hand, Jesus said, go. And with the wave of his hand, they were healed. It's amazing that in the ancient world, if someone with leprosy touched you, you contracted leprosy. But in the ancient world, if somebody came in contact with Jesus, they caught healing. (laughs) And they were healed and the 10 went off and they were made well. One came back. Only one. And picks up here in Luke 17. One of them, when he saw that he was healed, came back praising God in a loud voice. And he threw, gosh, look at this, look at this, look at this. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, we're not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except for this foreigner? And then he said to him, rise and go. Your faith has made you well. You want to encourage the heart of Jesus? Come back and say thank you for answered prayers in your life. Um, I went to Tampa this year for Thanksgiving. My, the Johnston side of our family all got together and it was an all Johnston Thanksgiving, which we haven't had that in actually several years. So here's a picture of my family. And uh, somebody pointed out after the second service that I'm embarrassingly wearing the same shirt in the picture. So whatever, whatever. I, it was a free shirt. Somebody gave it to me while I was there. So whatever. And um, so this is my family, my mom, my dad, my brother and sister, my nieces, me and Leah and our kids. 
Well, after church last Sunday, I went home, changed clothes, hopped in the car, and we left to hit the road right away because I had family in from out of town that we wanted to see before they flew out on Tuesday. And we prayed in the car, God, would you protect our car? Would you surround our car with angels? And would you help us get to Tampa safely and swiftly and put your hand upon our car? They would be okay all the way there. One hour into our drive, just out of Belle Glade, when we're deep in farm country, all of a sudden we got a sensor that our, we had a problem with tire pressure, and one of our tires had gone totally flat, like from 37 PSI to 3 PSI. And we're like, oh no. Now I don't know about you, I have that t-shirt of flat tire on vacation with kids. You usually end up half a day later than you're supposed to be in $500 poor, okay? Um, I have that t-shirt in my drawer. I'm like, oh, here we go. I thought we prayed for help. Ugh. And we pulled over. And the first place we could pull over happened to be, um, it was an open parking lot. And it happened to be a garage for truckers who um, ship produce and fruit that's grown out there in that part of South Florida. And not only was it there, but it was open. And I saw a hood was up on one of the Mack trucks. I heard music playing and people were there. I'm like, oh my gosh, these guys are working on their truck right now. And I just want to try to see if I can put air in my tire. I'm like, hey, can I borrow the air hose real quick? And they said, oh, sure, sure, sure. And went and got the hose. And then one guy followed me to my car, tried to put air in it. And it was, air was blowing out the back of our tire, like straight puncture wound out of our tire. And without me even asking, this guy, and he spoke only Spanish, and I spoke only English, and um, he was Latino, I'm gringo, you know, <laughs> and, um, and he went and got a couple of his friends, and then all of a sudden, next thing I know, there were three um, just uh, amazing guys surrounding my car, and they plugged the hole in my tire for me, and within 10 minutes f- flat, and that's an ir- ironic saying, <laughs> within 10 minutes, I was back on the road, no problem. I prayed God would surround my car with angels. And I had three guys who were angels helping me fix my car. See what I mean? You better believe, because I knew I was preaching in on today. You better believe I got in my car when everyone stopped. We have to say thank you to God. He answered our prayer. The easiest thing to forget to do with a life with God is to forget to go back and say thank you for answered prayers. So you want to say thank you for that. Okay. You want to level up again? Okay, we're going to level up. Thank God for what he has done. We need to thank God for what he is doing. What God is doing. Now, this can be, um, again, a big topic because who can fully understand all that God is doing? So I'm going to give you one little handle for what God is doing in your life. Right now, God is working in your life and in your circumstances to make you more like Jesus. That's a hard thing to say thank you for. Any of you ever prayed? And say, God, I wish you'd make me more patient. Is that a good idea or a bad idea? Mm. (laughs) Because if you pray for patience, God will give you opportunities to practice patience. And if you pray, God, I ask that you help me become more kind and gracious. God will give you people who are hard to be kind and gracious to. And if you say, God, I want to grow in hope. God puts you in some situations where you have to grow the muscle of hope. One of the most inconvenient verses in the entire Bible is James chapter 1, verses 2 through 4. It says, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, when you face trials of many kinds. Wait, that must be an error. Consider it inconvenience when you face trials of many kinds. Is that what it says? Is that what it says? 
pure joy when you face trials of many kinds. Because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. And let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. That's language for to make you like Jesus. The goal of Christianity is not for you to go to church your whole life and then go to heaven when you die. That's not the goal. That is what's going to happen to you, but that's not the goal. The goal of Christianity is to make you like Jesus. The word Christian means little Christ. You're supposed to become like Jesus. And I want to say this very clearly. I want everyone to hear me. I want every kid in the room to listen to me. Every kid in the room, I want you to listen to me. This is very important. Our church does not believe God is the author of suffering or that God is the author of pain. We do not believe that in our church. When we suffer and when stuff that's hard comes through in life and you cry and weep through it, we believe God is the one who comes and sits next to you and weeps with you in it. That's what we believe. And that God is so outrageously good, he could take even the worst thing the world throws at us and find a way to turn it for good. Romans 8, 28. Again, if you're not yet a follower of Jesus, this is an amazing reason why you should become one. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. God can redeem pain in your life. So you want to level up in gratitude, thank him for the, some of the hard things you're going through. They're not from him, but God, I thank you that you're using them to make me more like you and that there's nothing so dark the world would throw at me that you can't turn it for redemptive purpose. God is a better chess player than the devil, y'all. And he knows how to get the work done. Last thing, last level, what God has done and then what God will do. What God will do. Now here's a little prayer hack. Again, there's all sorts of stuff in the future to thank what God uh, to thank God for. Many of us have lost loved ones and friends where we know that the day of heaven is coming. We can thank God that heaven is real and that death is defeated and that Jesus has won. We can thank him for all these things in the future. But let me give you one thing to think about. Jesus promised this here in Mark 11. He said, therefore I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe you have received it and it will be yours. Now, kids, I remember reading this as a kid and misunderstanding it. I had a friend named Mike White growing up where we were in elementary school. We read this verse and he went to a recess one day at school and said, Jesus said, whatever I ask for, believe I've received it, it'll be mine. Closed his eyes at recess said, God, give me heat vision like X-Men or somebody from the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Give me superpowers and I believe you've given it to me. And he opened his eyes and did heat ray vision come out of his eyes? No, no. Grown-ups don't laugh. God, I pray you, help me win the lottery. <laughs> Look at this. John 1, First uh, John 5, 14. Jesus' best friend says this. This is the confidence we have in approaching God. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. So it's got to be in alignment with the word, with the Bible. It's got to be in alignment with his purposes in the world. And there are some things that are far out in the future that we trust God will answer. Some of them, it's going to be on the other side of heaven that God will answer. Some of them will be on this side of heaven. But here's the trick. If you really want to grow your gratitude muscle, thanking God for what he's done in the past is gratitude. 
thanking God for something that's still yet to come in the future, that's faith. You want to experience God's presence? Try that prayer hack that Jesus said. So here's these four things. Thank God for who he is. Thank God for what he's done. Thank God for what he's doing. Thank God for what he will do. If you do this, you're experiencing more of God. So with our last three minutes before service closes out, I'm going to give you the opportunity to do that right now. So Keith is going to come on out. He's already out. Okay, good. <laughs> and um, I invite you to just take a breath, deep breath, right where you're at. Maybe put your hands on your lap, palms up like this. You don't have to. It's not, um, it's nothing magic or whatever. It's just a posture that says, I'm open, God. We're giving something to him. Right, so close your eyes, deep breath. I want you to take just a moment and thank God for who he is. And if you don't know where to start, thank God that he's loving. So take a moment to thank him for who he is. All right, deep breath. I want you to thank God now for what he's done. Thank God for one answered prayer in your life. What's one thing God has answered? And if you can't think of it, I pray, Holy Spirit, right now, for everyone in the room and anyone online, would you show us one answered prayer that we may have forgotten about that we could say thank you for? breath let's thank God for what he is doing what's one thing in your life that God is using to grow your character and to make you more like Jesus what's one situation God's using to grow your character Last one, deep breath. And what's one thing you want to thank God in faith that he has promised to do in the future? Let's thank him for it now before the promise is fulfilled. feel like for some of you, you need to thank God that you're going to see loved ones again with your own eyes. That heaven is real. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. We pray all these things in your name. And everyone said, and would you stand if you're able? We're going to have a prayer team up here at the end of service. If you need prayer for anything, you can come this way before you go that way. But otherwise, I'm going to pray over us just an old thing that church used to do called the doxology. So let's pray this. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. 
and praise him, all creatures here below. Praise him above the heavenly hosts. Praise him, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. We'll see you next week.